Hello, and welcome back to Cape Corner, where we cover the blah and the blah and the blah every week. I'm Uncle Jay. And I'm Blue. Say it! Say the whole joke! <laughs> and this week we're covering the clown prince of crime. <laughs> Sorry, man, I had something stuck in my throat. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. You just wanted to talk about Joker. Huh. Weird. I don't know. I, I blacked out for a minute there. But uh, if, if you say it's Joker, let's talk about Joker. Yeah, okay. Um, well, if, oh, jeez, give me a second, I gotta regain my composure. Whew. Uh, if we're talking about Joker, it's probably gonna be a long episode, because this is, like, a character where there's, you, you never have, uh, you never run out of stuff to talk about. We um, constantly mention him on this show. It's, yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, man. I don't even like it's it's so big <laughs> but uh no but like I it's where do I start cuz okay I I guess you you have to start at the the origin right like the okay way back in what year was it okay 1938 was action comics one that was the first appearance of superman I th- I want to say like 1940 I think was, somewhere in there was uh when Batman first appeared in Detective Comics and soon after uh he got his own um comic line and in Batman number 1 uh his first uh villain to appear in his own solo series was Joker and um one of the i always think it's really funny when a comic series just kills off a villain immediately and then they went shit that guy should have <laughs> been the arch enemy um and then they just bring him back teenage mutant ninja turtles did it oh i didn't realize um, that that's pretty funny yeah shredder dies in the first issue that's hilarious um and uh Batman straight up murders Joker at the end. Like, and I know this because I've actually read this one. I, I oh, cool. Read it. Um, it was a few years ago, but Joker had an insane overbite. Um, and there's actually a reason for that. So uh, do you know about the conceptual uh, background of Joker? How they came up with the idea? Uh, I know the design was based on the, was it, the, it was either... It was either a movie called The Man Who Laughs or a movie yeah. called The Smiling Man. I cannot remember the name of the movie. It was, it was The Man Who Laughs. Okay. Um, who, well, it was a story about um, uh, a circus freak who uh, perpetually had his face twisted to look like he was smiling. And uh, I believe it was a dive into his depression um, because... Uh, Everyone would always mock him and always like, um, or be off put by his appearance. And uh, because it always looked like he was smiling, people never like took his feelings seriously because they always assumed like he was 
he was a good sport. But and this is a much sadder just, movie than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know why, but like a bunch of old black and white movies were about physical deformities and people trying to live their lives with them. There was also The Elephant Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. But um, so so the way Joker originally looked with this big overbite um, <clears throat> and his forehead was kind of sloped back a little bit is almost exactly like if you if you look up what the man who laughs looks like looks almost exactly the same yeah it's um, freaky now all right i'm gonna have to fast forward a bit to the the topic of the three jokers because i hate this shit but have you read it that, huh have you read it i i read like the <laughs> the couple pages that that talked about it, but I didn't read the entire surrounding story arc. If um, it ever shows up on the DC Universe app, I'll read it, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Okay, long story short is that in recent years, um, I can't remember, it, it was like, it was during the tail end of New 52, right? When uh, Batman got Metreon's chair, or was that after Rebirth? That was New 52. That was the uh, the war that was the big dark side war i believe right right so um batman got a hold of metreon's chair one of the new gods and when he sat in it he became a god and with this sudden rush of omniscience he was like what the fuck (laughs) Um, and so then later on when he's not a god anymore he he like takes the others to the bat cave and pulls up three images of joker and he's like these are different guys and they're like what and so, um, they they try to. I remember how they first seeded that was really. Un- they got me hyped because I read that book. I have the I have the paperback sitting right over there of that book, and uh, and he gets the chair, and he says, "All right, let's test this out." Because I think the deal is that Metron doesn't know everything; the chair knows everything, yes. <laughs> and and so he asks the chair, "Who murdered the Waynes?" And it, you know, does a ping and he goes, yes, Joe Chill, that's correct. And he asks a couple more questions that would be hard to know, but not, but that he knows the answer to, to test if the chair is honest. And then he says, who is the Joker? And it does a little ping, which tells us it gave him an answer. And he goes, no, that's impossible. <laughs> and it's, uh, it must have told him there are three. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so the, the version that first appeared way back in the forties was, um, the golden age Joker, who is essentially a glorified crime boss. He just uses guns is like, fuck Batman. I'm trying to get my money. So kill him. And, uh, really doesn't have like this twisted love thing that most jokers have for batman um killing batman is a matter of like trying to protect his business interests and uh all that shit yeah uh then because of the comics code authority we wanted which started off with a lot of you no know, um haha i'm 
throwing pies at you and it's going to (laughs) mess up your vision. (laughs) Um, But then that was joy buzzers and squirt flowers. But, but what's really funny is that that's also the same Joker that would wind up doing shit like death in the family. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that's the, that's the classic Joker that everyone thinks of when they think of Joker. Um, and which one was that? Because I remember that they called them the criminal, the clown, and the comedian. Which one is was that one? The clown. I guess I don't. I don't know. I would call the last one the fucking comedian. <laughs> the last one's just a sick bastard. Because when they decided to get real edgy for the new age, yeah. Um, first of all, the the new the newest Joker's haircut atrocious i hate it disgusting the the receding hairline thing or the the like the fade like oh yeah oh yeah oh i hate the fade yeah um but also he he okay so this is the one that when people talk about joker stabbing babies or something it's this one yeah he's Um, completely sadistic he's completely nihilist he cut off his own face and hung it up on a wall and was like, I'll be back for this. And then left for a year. And he just lived his life for a year without a face. And then he came back to Gotham and then he stapled it back onto his head. Yeah. yeah. This this Joker's a fucking horror movie monster. Yes. Uh, and they, and they at some point imply that he's like not human. There's yeah. a, it's like volume nine of the new 52 Batman stuff where he's like surviving impossible things. And there's some hints that he might be as old as Ra's al Ghul because there's some like urban myths from ancient times that seem to line up to the Joker and some old pictures that have him in them. It's really hard for us to tell if it's uh if it's a big hoax, a big joke that Joker's playing, or if he's some sort of immortal monster. Well, here's uh, here's a couple things I want to say about that point. First of all, the whole immortal monster was actually meant to uh, smooth out a couple of retcons. Interesting. Um, like, because Joker has, quote-unquote, died multiple times, but it's always been vague enough that they were still able to write him into the next issue. But for readers who were like, wait, didn't he die in the last issue? It was still confusing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, the, the whole thing with uh, Batman originally murdered him, and then he just popped back up later. Um, the whole thing of uh, the... the um, I just said it. Death death in the family. Yeah. Um, where there, there's famously, like, the last page of Death in the Family is Batman and Joker standing in the rain uh, in a graveyard. And um, they both just start laughing. Like, like this traumatic event has upset Batman so much that he he can't express it other than laughing anymore. My God. Um, My God. And, like, it, it's like he starts to double over with laughter, and so he puts uh, his hands on Joker's shoulders to, like, brace himself. And the shot just cuts down to, like, uh, a puddle of water and the laughing the laughing just suddenly cuts out it just stops and it's silent for like the last panel or two and uh 
the heavy implication was that he fucking strangled or broke Joker's neck. Yeah, finally, finally lost it. Yeah, um, and then Joker was just fine. <laughs> <laughs> like a couple issues later, he's just fine, and so um, that like a couple things like that instances where the Joker received things that clearly just some crazy guy who has a couple knives shouldn't be able to survive. They were like, well, it's because he's immortal. And so this is what I find very interesting. They tied one, two, three, like, like three different characters together with this idea. Um, And they tied uh, Rachel Ghoul uh, Solomon Grundy and Joker together. I think they also made a reference to Vandal Savage. Yes, yes. Thank you. Sorry for. Um, so the so okay. Here is revelation of Joker being immortal spiraled into, which I actually think is brilliant. The meteorite that fell from space during the Cro Magnon era landed in front of one Vandal Savage, radiated with a sickly green glow, and he slept next to it, and it granted him immortality. Um, the the radiation uh, from that meteorite poisoned an underground water spring right under the meteor. On the the foundation of land that would eventually become Gotham City. Uh, in the like what seventeen hundreds, in this same land, that this area has become swampland now, and one of the areas of the swamp has like sick green sludge water, and. A man named Cyrus Gold is on the run mm-hmm. from the townsfolk for murder. He winds up getting struck by lightning and falling into this green sludge. And he emerges as Solomon Grundy, who every time he dies, he resurrects from the dead. Uh, Rachel Ghoul has been using the chemical that he calls Lazarus for centuries to keep himself alive. And he winds up having an interest in Gotham because there's a big old Lazarus spring there that he can turn into a Lazarus pit. And it culminates with the idea that um, uh, Joker was a guy who... Okay, here's where it gets a little bit muddy for me. The the original implication was that, like, you know the green vat (laughs) that... uh, Joker fell into an ace chemical which bleached his skin and made his hair green. Yeah. The the implication is that was Lazarus, but then that also wouldn't make sense if he was supposed to already be operating for centuries. Yeah, like, well, and I guess well, you know what? In the new 52 that works because oh, maybe it doesn't. Well, unless know. it was unless it was one of the jokers was operating for centuries and then the newer joker fell into the vat which turned out to be lazarus that could be that'd be interesting 
I also like that, you know, since you mentioned his origin story, or what we're pretty sure is his origin story, because it changes depending on... It's, it's as close as you can get, but it changes depending on which Earth you're on. Um, and I love that there are comic books where we're told that's the origin story, and then it's left very vague about whether or not it's true. But my favorite one is the New 52, where they they do that origin story, but you still don't know who he is. Because we find... I think they mentioned the name Jack Napier. I think they used that. I can't remember if they used that or not. But they, they gave a name that it's like, this is the guy who's the leader of the Red Hoods. And then in a later scene in the comic, Batman, this is like uh, volume five, like a year one type uh, Batman. I think it was zero year. I think that was it. Um, he's fighting the leader of the, of the Red Hood gang. And then the guy topples over the thing and falls to the chemicals. I was like, awesome! We know the Joker's name in the New 52! And then later, Batman says that he, that he found the dead, lead, the dead guy, who I think was Jack Napier, but who he thought was the leader, killed in an alley, like, a few hours later. And so it's like, I have no idea who killed this guy and took his place. I don't know who fell into that and had a facet. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of cool that they made me think for a minute that they were giving me the name of the Joker in the New 52 and then they, they took it back. So what you're telling me is that they decided to make it so that there was some completely separate dude whose name is based on the fucking word Jack Nape? May- I can't remember if it was Jack Napier or not. I'm just throwing that in because it would be funny. Okay, um, It might have been something um, else. I didn't know when I was younger, but Jack Napier is based on, like, Jack Nape, which is just, it's just an old-timey word for a fucking clown, essentially. That's funny, I never knew that. Yeah. It's like, um, like, in, in the old radio announcer voice, you'd hear, like, oh, what, what sort of, uh, what sort of wily schemes is this Jack Nape gonna get into today? <laughs> like, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the whole thing with three jokers, I think conceptually it's interesting, but I feel like it really robs the Joker of individuality if he's just part of a match set. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard the I've, book like doesn't work. Yeah, uh, I've I've not heard good things about the actual story that they play with, and um. And, you know, I think if I was going to be making a story like that, I would do like, um, I can't remember. Have you seen Young Justice? Yeah. Season three? Yeah. I would do a Granny Goodness situation. Ooh. Where uh, there was one uh, dude who sort of gained immortality maybe it was the original criminal one um and something because when you're immortal lots of shit can happen mm. right i don't know he could have ran into fucking apocalypse or dr fate or any of this magical bullshit had his like psyche fracture and physically split into three so like the sadist 
um, the the insane clown and the cruel um, businessman all were like three separate facets of his personality, um, and they just split into three. And if they had the same idea that I just did of like fuck this, I'm not part of a match set, and then all just went their separate ways. That would be fun. Yeah, um, and then like have the story that they all converge back into one, and yeah. he's just uh, now because the other two personalities have like defined themselves so strongly. He's not just this dull like clown themed businessman anymore. He's just like I am the one true Joker. <laughs> Fuck you, bats. Um, <laughs> I really, I really want that to be in some episode of, of something <laughs> or a movie. Put that in the next The Batman. Is yeah. have have uh, the Joker. <laughs> Fuck you, bats. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh. Um. Did Did you see that comic panel I shared a few weeks ago where um it was Joker fighting Catwoman? No. Okay. There's a thing where Joker's fighting Catwoman. He's like. So what's your deal? You act like you're one of us, like you're a criminal, but you're constantly siding with Batman anyway. Um, uh, I guess uh, anyone could get amnesty as long as uh, they sleep with Batman, huh? And she's like, Joker, shut the fuck up. And he's like, oh, you're not even that good, I bet. I could fuck him better than you could. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's glorious. He is so gay for Batman, and, like, the idea that he's just, like, upset <laughs> at it more than anything is, You like, mean I could have been doing this the whole time? <laughs> so I could blow up an orphanage and then give him a quick blowy in an alley, and I could just walk? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, so but, the uh, name... Uh, is the name Jack Napier originally from the uh, the nineteen eighty nine? Yes. Okay. So, on that subject, I would like to start talking about the various portrayals. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Okay. Uh, well, before Jack Nicholson, we gotta we gotta go back. Um, Caesar Romero. Mr. Romero. Um, <laughs> He he is definitely the classic Joker. Um, he he definitely killed it for the time and the the tone that it was going for. Why could you not just shave your mustache, dude? It's not like it doesn't grow back. I every time it comes up, I I uh, quote that section from a Mister Sunday Movies video where he was talking about the intimidation oh, yeah. factor of each of the Jokers, and he used to Caesar Romero, and he goes, "This is the scariest one." He goes that that man painted painted over a mustache. You have no idea what he's capable of. That's a man living on the edge. Yeah, yeah. As a bit, I do find that funny. But like, see, I didn't notice it until people pointed out. But then again, I was never an avid watcher of Batman sixty six. So yeah. like, I pulled up a clip after someone mentioned. It. I was like, oh my god, I got the movie on DVD. Oh yeah. I I used to have the movie on VHS. Uh, my mom did, and I, I remember as a kid, um, I was watching it, and like, you know how there's a point where your brain turns on, 
and like yeah. you suddenly start forming memories. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't that for me, but um, I, I remember my first memory was me climbing a bookshelf and almost falling. Um, so that was when my brain turned on, but <laughs> uh, I had an extremely similar experience because I, I must have been zoning out. My ADHD must have been kicking in and I wasn't really paying attention to the movie. And I just suddenly snapped to focus when he pulled out bat shark repellent. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I just like, a very what? memorable moment. Yeah. I was like, well, what? Uh, excuse me? <laughs> uh, and what's funny is that I spent years being like fucking shark repellent. Stupid. Ridiculous. Who would ever have something like that? That's such a fantasy item. <laughs> no, apparently that's a real thing. Um, shark repellent. And do you know who made it? Oh, God, who? Julia Child! <laughs> oh, hello! The, the fucking um, cook lady from the 70s, or whatever, that a shit ton of suburban middle-class white, woman, white women learned to cook from, also developed military-grade shark repellent. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Used by the Navy. That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah, so Cesar Romero's... He's great. He went all out. That dude's performing at 11. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The laugh is just delightfully wacky. Uh, He's... He's got a really fun portrayal of the Joker, and it, and it's a it's a perfect reflection of the time. There, there's a really great clip I saw the other day of Caesar Romero's Joker, where mm-hmm. um, where uh, he's on the phone with Batman. Yes, he's upset because Batman foiled his latest scheme, and he's like, "Why, Batman, you're a cheat." Why, if you were here right now, I would pound you so hard. And uh, he hangs up, <laughs> and the camera slowly pans, and Batman's right behind him with a fucking landline phone in his hand. And he hangs up, and he's like, Well, start pounding, Joker. And Joker's <laughs> 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 It's so much better with if you watch it as like the perfectly timed cut version. Mm-hmm. That's great. I've seen that uh, in meme form. I have not seen that in clip form. I ought to find it. Oh, I haven't seen it as a meme. <laughs> um, so, after Cesar Romero, we didn't really have a... Uh, I don't think we had... Uh, other. I mean, the only portrayal of Joker we had would be a couple decades later as um, uh, fucking... Uh, uh, oh god, Jack Nicholson's. Yeah, uh, unless you count like voice actors in like Super Friends and the the Adventures of Batman and they, Robin. They sucked though. Okay, yeah, here, I know. Want, here I'm just Joker I'm just away. pointing out a technicality. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, here here's Joker from Super Friends. Ah, so the Batman is, <laughs> is coming after me. I'll put a stop to him with this Jack in the Box that I have. <laughs> There you yep. go. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I just pinched the bridge of my nose because that's all that guy did. 
Um, yeah, so we... The, the Literally, the only thing that that Joker is memorable for is that he got beat by the Scooby gang. That's hilarious. That's all I remember him for. He fought Scooby-Doo and lost. <laughs> so then we get to uh, good old Nicholson. And, man, for the darker tone of this movie, this dude nailed it. Nicholson... Yeah. Just the, uh, the performances of the Joker uh, by Jack Nicholson is incredible to me. They all have such a good laugh, except one of them. We'll get to him. Um, and I, I love that each laugh is very different, but still very Joker. Now I'm trying to think of who has the bad laugh. We'll get but, to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I'll go. Oh yeah, duh. When <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, anyway, Nicholson, what do you think? Oh yeah, duh. Fucking <laughs> yeah. It's this. It's the dying seagull one. Is the one? Yeah, I'm yeah, to. yeah. Uh, I I was in such a good mood thinking of good jokers that <laughs> he I forgot didn't... he existed. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, yeah. This is going to be I the most laugh-heavy say... episode of Cape Corner. <laughs> yeah, appropriate. Jack Nicholson <laughs> um, has some of the most destructive firepower I've ever seen any <laughs> when he pulls out a gun out of his pants and the barrel is it's as like long as one of his pants. And, and he shoots and that gun apparently takes down the Batman. <laughs> A single shot and like a chunk of the Batwing is blown off and Batman has to crash land it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you had that in your pants? I love his delivery of just completely unhinged, completely psychotic, having a good time. Just going, you are my number one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is having fun mocking the uh the boss yes um uh i i also wanted to say uh batman in that movie is also unhinged <laughs> yeah that's the that's the i mean this is the you want to get nuts let's get nuts Come on. let's get nuts <laughs> Uh, yeah. Please, Michael uh, Keaton, and- reprise that phrase in the Flash movie if it comes out. If sure. it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, okay. Real quick. All right. Look, every once in a while, I got to bring up some bullshit online drama. Okay. Um, Ezra Miller is a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I had no, like, positive feelings towards this person Mm -hmm. and with all of this news of them just abusing the shit out of people coming out now i have more negative feelings than just i didn't like your portrayal of the flash see i i had a 180 involved here because i when i saw him in the original justice league and then Um, you know a couple cameo appearances somewhere i saw you see him interviewed i'm like oh this guy seems great Ah, uh, I can't the, wait. I can't wait. Oh yeah, sorry. I can't wait to see Ezra's Flash. Uh, you know, they did great in the movie. 
And I was like, I didn't like the, the theatrical Justice League, but I thought Ezra was great as the Flash in it. Uh, and now, oh, all that goodwill. Yeah. All of it. All of this is to say, you see what I just did there? You see what we just did? Yeah. You misgendered. I was like, it's them. And then you're like, oh, yeah, my bad. And then we kept talking about how Ezra is a fucking dickhead. Yes. It's really just that easy. And yet, <laughs> this big fucking deal has been made online. Oh, dear where, God. Oh, you fucking LGBT fucks. You, you care more <laughs> about uh, gendering them correctly. It's like, no, we clearly don't. I'm still over here saying that somebody should beat fucking Ezra's head in with a brick. Yeah, none of us ever said, well, Ezra's non-binary, so you shouldn't be mean to him. No, be mean to him. I'm sorry, them. (laughs) Uh, See, I get get that it's difficult, right? It is difficult sometimes. I had a non-binary partner. That shit's not easy to, like, like, get in your brain. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to say this. Uh, It's fine, but when people start intentionally mischief and and one of the excuses i've seen multiple people make is like uh no uh when when people do bad things like this we shouldn't respect them we shouldn't mis- we we should misgender them and my response to that is okay I hate that whenever argument. you see it whenever you see a guy a cis man like stab a woman why don't you call them he, uh she her yeah yeah if you don't if you don't do it for everyone don't do it just for non by that just means that you see that as an easy thing to attack about nine non-binary people, and that's it, shitty. Exactly. It, it proves that you don't respect their their situation, their pronouns generally, and you're just using this as an excuse to misgender them in a, in a situation where you think you can get away with it. And it's so easy. That, and in fact... If you're fucking homophobic or whatever, wouldn't it be better for you to gender them correctly? Because yeah, yeah. the idea <laughs> is that this is a non-binary person. They do not subscribe to your binary gender ideology. And look at what a fucking prick they are. <laughs> because that's the point, is that like uh, I, I always advocate for marginalized groups, but I've always also said being part of a marginalized group doesn't make you an angel either. The yeah, individual responsibility still applies. The entire point of we're all just normal people and we shouldn't be treated as different than normal people means that like normal people, we can be bad. We can be bad or we can be good. We can be tall or I can be brown. Tall. I can be blue. I can be violent. Sorry. Um. Yeah. The, the point <laughs> is that like, uh, like, you gotta treat people based on how they deserve to be treated on an individual basis. You should not be blanket mean to someone because they're trans, but on the same token, you should not blanket defend all trans people because some of them are Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you see a, a black dude do something wrong and you're like, well, for this one, it's okay to break out the N-word. No, it isn't. No, no, no that's, not. that's still that's still racist. And that still shows that you're just looking for an excuse to be racist. And it shows, it, that, it's you the same just, thing. It shows that you just kind of passively accept that you shouldn't be racist most of the time just because you don't want people annoyed with you. But you don't actually believe that you shouldn't be racist. It's it's 
Uh, yeah, it's been a yeah, good the, the way that I saw a lot of people uh, word it that I think is very true is that uh, if you are misgendering Ezra just because of what they've been doing, it proves that you think that non-binary or trans people or whatever need to earn respect whereas you just give that respect freely to everyone else yep uh sorry for derailing our insane clown men talk i did want to get that out there real quick because since we're here i just i just want to get your opinion on what do we do with the flash movie (laughs) get released I was never even fucking interested, man. I don't want the first Flash movie to be a Flashpoint movie. Yeah. The Flashpoint story should but be it's like, like this. It's done. They finished it. And now Ezra's stirring up all this shit. And they can't do, you know, they can't have them in, in uh, press tours. You know what they can do? They can give it the 90, 1990 Fantastic Four treatment. <laughs> put it direct to video don't advertise it well that's Hope- exactly that's exactly what i've been saying i've been saying warner bros has two options here either get ezra a lot of help i don't know what's wrong with them but you know get get them to you know rehab whatever whatever needs to happen get them well and then get them back out on a triumphant <sighs> look at my redemption arc thing and that's if you're still insistent on releasing this in theaters. That's the only way you can do it. My preference would be just drop it on HBO Max tomorrow. Don't say anything about it. And then quietly let Ezra go. Because you can't fire Ezra before the movie is out. That's just that's just not tenable. Yeah. It's like, just, just drop it tomorrow and then fire Ezra. I don't know. It's just... I don't know. This, is uh, such a, this movie is cursed. Yeah, I agree. You got all the Ray Fisher stuff. Now you got all the Ezra stuff. You've got the, like, 12 delays. This movie was supposed to come out in March of 2018. Gal Gadot hates Palestinians. Yada, yeah, yada. I don't think she's in it, though. So it's, that's just a DC curse. But this movie yeah. specifically is even more cursed than the rest of DC. All right. We're going to take a quick ad break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about portrayals of the Joker. And we're back. Uh, oh. <laughs> I was going to do a big radio voice. No, you go ahead. Uh, 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 it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in a great mood today. The Joker I, makes me happy. Oh, I can tell, buddy. I can tell <laughs> he does. You might want to see a counselor uh, when we're done. <laughs> uh, all right. So the, the next joker uh is the legendary and the extremely imitatable mark hamill wouldn't say extreme like i try to have a good mark hamill impression no no it's not quite there no but everybody does his joker oh okay yeah that every if you if you want to do joker you're probably imitating mark hamill yes that's um uh the Batman, the animated series, uh, was the emergence of uh, Luke Skywalker's own Mark Hamill playing the Joker. 
and holy shit, like, like Luke Skywalker's a classic, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like you'd 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 be like, yeah, that's definitely a Mark Hamill role. But I could I I could see anyone else these days. Like he's an old guy now, so playing a young Luke Skywalker, I would want someone else doing it. Uh, as opposed uh, to just there are a bunch of people things. where if you cast them as Luke Skywalker, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. That's still Luke. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like Joker is the Mark Hamill role at this point. Yeah. Like that. I feel like it's insane because Luke Skywalker is the main character of Star Wars. <laughs> yes. And for me to be like, that's not his defining role. <laughs> Uh, speaks to how much of a breath of life of fresh air that he injected into this character um uh, like i said if if whenever anyone goes i'm going to do a joker impression they do a mark hamill impression without even thinking about it that's how intrinsically linked his voice is to this character it's the voice Um, you hear in your head when you read a Batman comic book. Exactly, exactly. And a bunch of other voice actors do Mark Hamill impressions when they voice the Joker. Troy Baker. I mean, his makes sense because his is literally the same character as Mark Hamill's Joker. And his is nearly perfect. I've never been more impressed with an impression of of another role than with Troy Baker taking on the Joker. Sure. Uh, a bunch of the animated movie things where they didn't have Mark Hamill is just a guy doing a Mark Hamill impression. Yeah. Um, and most of them don't work. No. Which um, What's interesting is that that leads to some voice actors having to come up with their own thing. And then because that doesn't feel like Mark Hamill, it doesn't work. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, because like sometimes they they just go so far away from what Mark Hamill's Joker sounds like that um, it just sounds like someone trying way too hard to make a character that's not even Joker. Yeah, um, like John DiMaggio's Joker, I can barely even register as Joker to be perfectly honest, because he's just using his own voice. Yeah, it's a voice, and then he laughs sometimes. Uh, the Young Justice Joker is my is my no hate to the actor. I'm sure he. Sure, that's what he wanted to do. That's and he did whatever he was going for. Well, I just don't like the way that Joker sounds. Um, I don't give a shit about how he sounds, but his writing is fucking atrocious. <laughs> the th- it's not about the way he sounds when he says things, but the things he says make me want to fucking gouge my eyes out. Like, oh, I absolutely okay. Uh, my friend Riley has been watching Young Justice for the first time and was like, oh, I do not like this Joker. And I was like, you know what? People talk trash about Young Justice and I'm constantly defending it as like the best DC thing. But you know what? That's a valid criticism. I fucking hate Brent Spiner's Joker. Uh, Brent Spiner, for those of you who don't know, uh, he's Data. Oh, wow. uh, From Star Trek. He's also... That one scientist from, what was it, uh, Independence Day or something? Uh, yeah. But mostly he's data from Star Trek, right? So yeah. like he he did Joker, and I I don't think his voice or his portrayal is bad, but God, and like it becomes very apparent that the writing was 
the biggest problem over the design, over the voice, over anything else, mm-hmm. because that Joker returns in flashback form in season four. And they're not making him say the cringe inducing jokes. Yeah. And he's much more palatable. <laughs> like, like, Okay, because his thing is that every time he says what could be a good joke and he should stop, he keeps going. <laughs> like, there's a bit where, um, okay, some of the things he says, uh, Ivy compliments him on being able to juggle a bunch of plant monsters at once. And he's like, I've got practice juggling my multiple personalities. And it's like, well, what are you going to wear black Jinko jeans and say you practice the sword next, you fucking edgelord? <laughs> um, or, or like he'll be like, um, uh, all this power at my fingertips. Some might call me a control freak. Others, just a freak. Yeah, it's ha, just ha, it ha. just doesn't work. And then you compare that to Mark Hamill's Joker, who's so beautifully well written because Mark Hamill's Joker in everything he appears in. Which, by the way, now spans over 20 years, <laughs> which is yeah. insane. Um, he's always terrifying and then funny, and then you feel bad for finding him legitimately funny. Yeah. And that's perfect. Where he'll, like, you know, there's a, in the Arkham Knight video game, there's a deal where he's, like, singing to Bruce, and it's this awful song about how his parents are dead and everything. Um, and then at some point he goes, you know, you wouldn't believe it, Bruce, but I once had the singing voice of a soprano. He goes, well, I had a vocal cords. And then he does his maniacal laugh. And it's like, that's <laughs> funny and terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I thought you were going to bring up Only You, which actually made me cry. Oh, yeah. That's a, like the credits yeah. of Arkham City. That, that is, Yeah, he made me cry as the Joker. How the fuck did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> it it's so it's so twisted because it is like you know, like that version of the Joker is the iconic Joker to me because he he doesn't like he does all this stuff because he's so fascinated by Batman that he's like in love with him and he sees them constantly butting heads as this like elaborate dance like almost mm-hmm. like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of thing yeah yeah where it's like oh we're using lethal force but we really don't want the other one dead you know this is just how we get our kicks and batman and that is that is is pinpointed and summarized perfectly in the episode of batman the animated series the man who killed batman um i think that's the name of the episode you know which one i'm talking about yeah where it's uh it's a guy who uh, seemingly managed to kill Batman, but like on accident. Yeah. And all the other villains now have to reconcile with the fact that some nobody killed Batman. And while most of them are just like irritated, Joker is like distraught. He is heartbroken. Because there's the deal where they go rob uh, like a jewelry store and uh, Harley's all excited about all the jewelry and stuff. And he's going, he'd be here by now. And then and then he makes Harley put it all back. And he says, without Batman, crime has no punchline. That's a great line. 
I think yeah. Mark Hamill said that's his favorite Joker line in the entire series. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you which uh, design is your favorite Mark Hamill design because I have Ooh. a very clear one. Um, gosh. It, it would either be the Arkham design, which I think is just awesome, mm-hmm. or his appearance in Justice League and Return of the Joker, which is yes. like a kind of a good mix of the yes. previous two. Yes, that's my <gasps> favorite. Because uh, he, he had a design change from <clears throat> Batman the Kid series to the new Batman adventures that a I did not care for. Terrible design change. Um, like They washed out all of the color. They made his eyes black. Like little, little, not like he had normal looking eyes that were colored black. They were like little black dots. Uh, it was like the like whole would, eye was black and there was a tiny white dot in the middle. And it, it was, was a like, very strange design choice to me. It was like if a ditto had to play Joker for a season. <laughs> oh um, my God. And, uh, I, I didn't care for that design of Joker, uh, cause that okay i like minimalism but as soon as minimalism became mainstream and well known mm-hmm. everyone and their fucking grandma has tried doing it there's a bunch of um minimalist labels in stores now that when you walk through an aisle and there's just a shit ton of them it makes you feel like you're in a dystopia um, yeah and i I think minimalism only works sometimes and when done right. And whenever I see that Joker, I'm like, that's an instance where they shouldn't have used fucking minimalism. Joker. Joker is one of the most extra sons of bitches in fiction. You should not have made him minimalist. Um, Do do you have a favorite um, joke from him? A favorite joke? Because I do. (laughs) um well just to wrap up what i was saying first real quick is that uh the the one good thing that came from him is that i do like the black lips uh and so when they made the return of the joker design which they continued using for batman or for justice league like you said Mm -hmm. um he he had the um he had the like face structure from before um but now he had like the black lips and his face was a little bit more menacing looking and I was like, that's... Yeah, and they gave him back awesome. those yellowish eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's prime shit right there. Especially because yellow eyes is a big thing um, for me in recent years. Between Kingdom Hearts and Persona, yellow oh, yeah. eyes is like a big signifier of like a, a dark being. So. Same with the Sith. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, favorite joke? Man, I don't... I don't know. I don't know if I ever really like committed. The, the only shit. reason, the only reason I've got a favorite is just be, I don't know why this line is so funny to me, but it's in Arkham City when he does the you, know, you fell for the old fake Joker gag, Batman, that he you know, captures him, and then it's kind of a string of jokes. It's it's just kind of a string of dialogue. This whole oh, yeah. scene is like my favorite Joker dialogue I- ever. Can I predict which one you're referring to? Yeah, go ahead. Um, there's plenty wrong with me. 
you take that line is ball. perfect. And then there's like a, f- and then the follow up is just hysterical. He's like, take my blood, for example. I wish someone would. This stuff is killing me. Yeah, that's it. That one joke is just so funny to me. There's also uh, a pretty funny line earlier in the scene where where he's telling Harley to get away from him, and Harley's like, "But I want to see who it is." He goes, "No one's who you think they are, dear. Why spoil the fun?" <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's peak Joker. I love everything Mark Hamill does as the Joker. Yeah, there was um uh something that I thought was a, a wild joke uh, that didn't even come from him. It came from Harley in that game. Mm-hmm. Where she's describing the fact that he's sick, um, and she's like, uh, "Yes, I know, Mister J's not doing so hot. He's not feeling himself. Well, actually, he was earlier, but that's not what I meant." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ! That game is surprisingly funny. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I love Mark Hamill. I also love that he. So we thought he had retired after Arkham City. And then, surprise, he's back in Arkham Knight. It blew my mind. I bought Arkham Knight. I had no idea he was in it. I thought he had retired. They made a big deal about that that was his last Joker role. And it turns out they just fucking lied to swerve us for Arkham Knight. And what a power move. And then he's in Arkham Knight more than he's in any of the other games. (laughs) I remember the scene when I was playing Arkham Knight. Because, like, um, Andy was upstairs and I screamed. And, like, <laughs> and they came downstairs to be like, what's happened? And, like, I sounded like the biggest fucking idiot. Because, like, you're you're moving all the gas canisters of fear toxin and everything. And yep. um, Batman's coughing and shit. And at, at one point, like, because, like, the camera, like, hunches down with him when he goes down to pick up one of these gas canisters. And when it comes back up, Joker's just there with a gun, and he says something and shoots Batman. And I was like, ah! And Andy came down, and I'm like, the, the Joker's in this game! And they're like, yeah. It's Batman. It's, it's a Batman <laughs> game. And I'm like, no, but, like... <laughs> Oh my god! And I sound like a fucking idiot. And I had to explain what I what I meant. Um, and I I feel like that was also one of the best send offs for the Joker ever. Like Arkham City obviously had a great one, but um, like Batman actually got catharsis for it in um, Arkham Knight in that he battled Joker inside his own mind. Yeah, he he did the whole like I'm vengeance, I'm the night, I'm Batman thing, and. Uh, he he scared the Joker. Was like, you know, I you needed me, but I don't need you. And yeah, sort of lost. You're afraid of being ashes. You're afraid yeah. of being forgotten, and you will be forgotten, Joker, because of me. It's a cool line. Yeah. Um, locks him away in the depths of his psyche, and Joker's so like, fucking don't cool. Leave. And then, um, so then we thought he retired again. And then he did the killing joke, which I, I did not enjoy the movie, but he's perfect in it. And hearing him do the entire monologue uh, was worth it. And then I thought he retired again. And then in the biggest surprise for me, he shows up in the Lego DC Supervillains video game and I nearly cried. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I think the uh, it's safe to say that the whole like I'm retiring as a Joker thing is just a lie. Yeah. We can expect him to do it until he dies. Yep. Um, but I, I wanted to say something about the Killing Joke uh, movie. Uh, do you know how far I got in that movie? Uh, ten minutes. Uh, if that, how long did it take for uh, Barb to take her shirt off? It's probably about ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah, like that little intro sequence. I'm watching. I'm like, all right, and then like, uh, the the action part ends. Batgirl's talking with Batman, and then she just mounts him and rips her shirt off as the camera pans up. And I'm like, nope, not nope. doing that. I I saw that, and then I skipped to the the uh, the like creepy carnival shit. And I just like I just need to hear him do the big monologue. I just need to hear that. <laughs> and, and then to the very end with the joke and then everything. Oh, by the way, that's a very funny joke that he tells at the end of the movie. What What is it? I, he, I says, he says, so there are these two guys and they're in an insane asylum and they decide, we gotta get out of here. So they climb up onto the roof and just across this big gap is the is you know endless rooftops stretching off to freedom. And he says, so one of them uh, one of them says, hey, I've got a flashlight. I'll turn it on and point it across the beam and you can walk across the light beam to safety. And the guy says, what do you think I am, crazy? You just turn it off when I'm halfway across. And it's like, that's actually a pretty funny joke. <laughs> and then he's, they both start laughing and then that's where it's implied that Batman maybe kills him. Um, uh, that, that was the whole joke? Yeah, but that punchline of, you think I'm crazy? You would just turn it off when I'm halfway across. That's very uh, funny to me. It doesn't even feel like a punchline to me. Uh, All right. It does to me. I think it's funny. Um, gosh, Mark Hamill. Yeah. I also, also, he showed up in the Lego game, and it was a big surprise for me because there is a voice actor who plays the Joker in the Lego games, and he does a good, like, kiddie version of... of um, of the Mark Hamill one. He's doing it much more playful, much more kid-friendly. But it's clearly based on the Mark Hamill one. But it's a bit higher pitch and a bit less menacing. And yeah. um, and then suddenly, for the last LEGO DC game, after three games with uh, Joker having a... Actually, two games with Joker having a, a its own voice actor in the LEGO games, they abruptly switched to Mark Hamill. And as soon as he spoke, it was like, holy fucking shit, that's Mark Hamill! Yep. I freaked out. All Mark right. Mark the best Joker. We can move on now. Yes. Uh, we got to now talk about another uh, beloved Joker, um, Heath Fletcher. 2008. Yep. Oh, um, man. This is where it became clear that um, the Joker is going to just be a super legendary role forever. That it's like you get handed the Joker, you have an immense responsibility. All right, guys, you you ready for my hot take? Oh Lord. Okay. Th- this is either going to make or break uh, a lot of your uh, listeners' trust in me. Um, this is your show. <laughs> well, I'm, I meant I was I was like talking to the listeners, but I wasn't. <laughs> okay. Play. Dark Knight is a mid movie. <laughs> It is a mid movie <laughs> that is elevated to an awesome movie because of Joker, 
and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm aware, like, don't get it twisted. I understand that, like, the statement of, well, if you took Joker out, it would be bad. That was, like, that was exactly oh, where I was about to go. The foundational part of the movie. I get that. But it's not even if you take Joker out. It's literally every scene that the Joker is not in. It's just like, meh, all right. Mm, I love it. I think, so, it's a, I think it's a really well-structured film. Yeah, Joker's not on screen anyway. Foundationally, like on a on a like on a blueprint level, like like if we're talking about okay, talking about how the Dark Knight is foundationally very sound is like if I showed you a blueprint of a house and was like, look at how intricately and amazingly designed the foundation (laughs) of this house is, but go in, uh. And saying saying it's a pig sty is too strong for this metaphor, but then like the walls are painted weird and like the furniture is arranged badly. Like foundationally it's great, but it's it's boring. And I don't think it's paced very well. Interesting. I think a lot of the the pacing in the movie, um lends itself for you to just sort of zone out and blindly accept like things are happening I'm sure um, like the like scenes of dialogue take too long scenes of action suddenly go into the action way too suddenly hmm. <laughs> um, it it wreaks havoc on my attention span when I watch this movie that's and, very interesting. And my attention only snaps back into focus whenever Joker's around. And okay. I think part of it is that um okay. Matt Reeves and um Robert Pattinson's portrayal of Batman yep. is my favorite because it is the most like like I feel like I'm watching Batman from like the cartoon, but like younger. Uh, yeah. When, when I see him, he is very accurate to the character of Batman, and uh, while others have all had their own spin on them, those spins always pulled them farther away from like the core idea of Batman to me. And uh, Christian Bale's character is just not Batman. I have never once felt like I was looking at Batman when I looked at him. I thought I was looking at a guy in a Batman costume, hmm. but I never felt I was looking at Batman. And the closest he got was honestly in Batman Begins. I like, really I, see that. That's my controversial take, which I'm guessing you agree with, is that Batman Begins is a better movie. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I actually do. Uh, I think it's more solid. It holds my attention better. It's paced better. I do agree with that. I I do not agree that The Dark Knight is just okay. I think it's great. Um, Even even when the Joker's not on screen. But I still think that Batman Begins is better. Yeah. I... Well, let let me rephrase. I think it is a good movie, but compared to the way people treat it, especially at the time of its release, I think it is mediocre in comparison. That's uh, that's probably fair, because it is 
it is held as the greatest comic book movie of all time, and it probably isn't. It's not, and we should stop <laughs> saying that. <laughs> um, anyway, because, Heath. because it's the greatest comic book movie of all time for people who don't like comic book movies. Now that's, that's the a good thing. point. That's a really good point. That that the, there is kind of a a difference between people who just like comic book shit and people who want, you know, quote unquote real. Um, artsy what, what, movies that happen to star theoretically comic book characters. The 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 Nolan thing. Like people like um my brain keeps wanting to say interstitial, but that's the Kingdom Hearts roleplay I'm doing. What's the fucking the blah, what is it? Inception? The, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you knew what I meant. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh people like inception people like that fucking other movie the one with the um the backwards the backwards of forwards name the am i high what's happening <laughs> <laughs> the, the fucking god damn it it's the new one it had the the black guy as the lead it was something about time Tenet. travel or some shit thank you <laughs> which also had robert pattinson in it I can't even think of what the word is for that kind of name. Giraffe or egg is the same. What? Palindrome. Uh, palindrome, yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, this episode's <laughs> fucking me up. The, the Joker's... Whatever's wrong with the Joker's brain is starting to infect both of us. Oh, that reminds me. I We mentioned a long time ago that my natural laugh is a Joker laugh. Oh, yeah. And that you have to, like, tone it down for this? Yeah, I have to, like, because when I start laughing, like, abundantly, I, I people, like, look at me concerned, and so I have to, like, because, <laughs> like, when I, when I laugh politely, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but, like, when I'm laughing hysterically, it's like, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's a pretty good Joker laugh. I like it. I know it is. I've become acutely aware. See, I feel like my default laugh that the listener hears constantly is that kind of low-range Joker mischief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But well, I have to try oh, yeah. to go full insane Joker laugh. Oh, I, I don't. It just comes to me like, <laughs> like visions from a mad god, like I'm a prophet. My god. Um, uh, okay, so... Enough nitpicking about the surrounding movie. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is fucking phenomenal. And uh, I have something... I have plenty very good to say about it, and then I have something very bad to say about it. Okay. Um, His take on a mid to late 2000s um, darker, more somber Joker... More realistic Joker as well. Oh, chef's kiss. Because... He was able to do it realistically without compromising the core of the character, which is something that I feel Christian Bale could not achieve with Batman. They tried to do a more realistic take of Batman, but they compromised what makes him feel like Batman in the process. Whereas Joker, Heath Ledger's portrayal of Joker feels like it could simultaneously exist in the real world and in the comic book. Mm -hmm. And that is why I think it's so sublime is that it 
does not let go of the comic candy origins, but it mires it in real world pain. Like a lot of people have dissected this movie to death, so I'm sure everyone already knows by now, but uh, people realized upon studying this movie, like it was for their fucking college thesis, <laughs> was that uh, Joker is in all likelihood a veteran. Yeah. Uh, he. I think that's cool. Yeah, he he's he has like sniper training and training of like military tactics, and when he's giving the speech to Harvey Dent, um, he's like, "When a truck full of young soldiers goes and gets blown up, it's fine. That's part of the because plan. it's all part of the plan." Yeah, um, so it it sounds like he takes shit like that very personal, and so the idea that especially because in two thousand eight. We were in the middle of a war that was, like, very... Yeah. I mean, when are we not? We're America. But you know yes. what I mean? Like The the war was on everyone's minds at the time. Um, and and that was also reflected in another 2008 <laughs> superhero movie. Um, yep. So, uh, Iron Man, for those of you who can't keep up. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, the the idea that something that was so prevalent in our day-to-day thoughts would create the Joker. It, mm-hmm. it, it was haunting in a way of like, what if this has already happened? Like, what if there is someone who's been transformed like this based on the trauma that we're living through? And I absolutely adored that. Um, and and yet, the negative I have is that it then created this push where everyone's trying to one-up each other to be less funny, more edgy yeah. as Joker. Yeah. So Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker, as wonderfully balanced as I found it, taught Hollywood and a bunch of non-comic book fans the wrong lesson about what joker should be and as a result they made the new 52 joker (laughs) that is fair enough um yeah and like i was saying with mark hamill a big part of why that's the best joker is because he is legitimately funny yeah that that's the thing joker should be both hilarious and terrifying he should not only be one or the other. That's why the early Silver Age Joker is a fucking loser because he's only doing like milk toast, inoffensive <laughs> jokes. Um, and that's why I also hate the New 52 Joker because he's not funny. He's just, he's like Jigsaw, but with a different clown makeup. Now, what else is funny about it is that is that the Joker in the Dark Knight does have a few pretty funny lines. He's got a few funny moments in there that are legitimately amusing, but it's just like you said, I think everyone took the wrong lesson from it and was like, oh, they like these scenes. They definitely didn't like the the two jokes we put in. Um, yeah. But it's like, no, the jokes were part of it. I liked the two jokes you put in. It's not it's not even always just the jokes. Like his his demeanor a lot of the times is funny. Like there's there's a bit where uh he goes in with his new purple trench coat. Um yeah. 
And the suit wasn't uh, cheap. You ought to know. Yeah. You bought it. And, and uh, the the dude, uh, fucking Michael Jai White, <laughs> is yeah. like, uh, is like, you think you can just come in here and steal from us? And he's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, the fucking pencil thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's horrifying, yeah. but it's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's all because like he clearly thinks that it's hilarious. Yeah, uh, and so even when he's doing an abysmal act, you can't help but sort of chuckle along with him. Yeah. Um. So I also I got I got to shout out the opening of that movie as being one of, in my opinion, the top four openings to a movie of all time, because it tells you in literally five minutes everything you're going to need to know about this Joker. Yep. It's a perfect character introduction. Okay, I lied. I have a second negative thing to say. Uh, Once again, in the dark night, I found like, I, I can nitpick like, wait, when did he have time to set up two boats with bombs though? Like, okay, I can nitpick things like that mm-hmm. about like, but you would have to do some <clears throat> insane level planning to whatever, right? But the problem I have is that again, Hollywood went, so people like it when the villain of the movie has insane multi-tiered plans that he would have to use a day planner for and which like dumb sweaty nerds would have to spend days <laughs> down when he was able to do certain things. Yeah. yeah. Um and in 2016 we got two of those fucking movies. Yep. Yeah. A- again, more forgivable for uh Zemo in uh uh Civil War, but honestly just barely. The- then you also had fucking bitch ass Jesse Eisenberg uh <laughs> just being an omniscient force, apparently, yeah. uh, in uh, Batman v Superman, and it's like the literally the smallest thing could go wrong or could go different than how you expect. Literally anything, and your entire plan is fucking washed. But to be like, like okay, when I say how specific that these plans have to be to work the way they do, especially Jesse Eisenberg's, and no, I won't call him by his fucking character name because he's not that character <laughs> like me. Um, it, it's like if I was like, okay, I put a bomb inside a crate and I need a wood splinter to fly through the air in this trajectory and hit this section of wall. Like, in this, I need it to hit the bullseye that I painted on this wall. And then I just blow it up, and it just happens. And I was like, look at what a great planner I am. (laughs) And anyone who who thinks about it for more than two seconds went, no, wait, you relied on what? Anything could have happened there. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get it. Um, That that does make sense. Although, the bank heist scene is a great plan. I like, yes. like, like everything else is suspension of disbelief, but the bank heist is fucking flawless. Oh yeah, that shit is laid out like like a well-oiled machine. The bank heist itself, I think, is phenomenally well done. Um, I can totally... See, when it's done like that, I can buy it, because yeah. we clearly see the steps that he took, and, and, and I can be like, I, 
I can believe that he scheduled this bank heist to happen like 15 minutes before the school buses left for the day. Yeah. Um, I can believe that he gave all of these guys individual orders, like shoot this guy when he's done and they're all just killing each other. Right. Um, and I love that guys. he even gets a, a pretty funny moment in there where he goes, I'm betting the Joker told you to kill me as soon as we loaded the cash. He goes, no, 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 no. I kill the bus driver. <laughs> and it's just, you know, what bus driver gets killed? And the it's perfect. And he was slowly circling around to be out of the bus's path. <laughs> yes. And that's what I like. Because, like, it's not all just a perfect plan. Like, there's actually a bit of improvisation he has to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a bit where... um the dude comes out with the shotgun yep. Um, yep. and him and another henchman are, are like um, hiding and the dude is firing like crazy. And then the firing stops. And then the henchman turns to him and goes, he's out of bullets. Right. And he's, you yeah. see Joker yeah. pause for a second. And then he's just like, yeah. <laughs> and so then the henchman gets up and gets blown away. <laughs> and I love that Joker clearly thought about it and deliberately lied. Um, yeah, just, just to get this dude shot so that he'd have a chance to shoot the bank manager. That's yeah. brilliant. Uh, so good. Uh, I, brilliant. Uh, oh, sorry. That was the other thing. I forgot. My, my original negative wound up becoming the edgy Joker thing, but I forgot what it actually was. Okay, so third negative. Um, <laughs> people have now believe that Joker is a cursed role like fucking Macbeth. Because he died? Because of Heath Ledger's uh, uh, suicide. They're like playing the Joker turns you insane. Oh, you well, you, it oh. does if you play it method. <laughs> so, which leads to the next Joker we got to talk about. Uh, so uh, wait, one one more thing up. on Heath Ledger. I really like that they made him a straight up anarchist because that's logically like. I mean, I prefer when Joker is just, I'm doing this exclusively to piss off Batman because I think that's funny. That's my favorite motivation for Joker. But it's cool that that one is explicitly anarchist. He's like, I don't really give a shit about Batman. I don't give a shit about any of you. I just want to prove to you that rules don't make sense. And I think yeah. that's a cool uh, ideology for him to have. Anyway, let's go. Yeah, I love that. Let's hey, go into hell. <laughs> hey, method acting. Uh, it's a tool that people use. And uh, okay, who was it that recently shat all over method acting? People a- have been doing it a lot recently. In fact, I think Andrew Garfield said something. John Bernthal, like this morning, said something. Um, no, it, was, it was someone else. Um, I don't know. Um, but, but, they, but they all say about the same thing, which is you never see a method actor uh, uh, just being a cool dude. It's always <laughs> you always have to be some fucking prick. Yeah, While you're being a method actor. Yeah, because the oh, the things that Jared Leto did weren't even like Jokerisms. He was like sending used condoms and used anal beads, and I don't want to know how they know they were used. Um, <laughs> to, yeah, that's not to, method to... acting. That's just you being an abusive asshole to your yeah. coworkers. But what would we expect from the guy that admits to owning a sex cult? That's also true. I also love, did you hear about the Morbius thing? Oh, he, God, which one? He, the, he refused to stop using the crutches because he's like, the character's sick. And so he had to use the crutches to go to the bathroom. It would take him forever. So they told him to stop doing it. And he's like, fine, wheelchair me to the bathroom. But I'm not walking there. 
I'm going to lock in there normally because that's not the character. It's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand him. He's he he's a fucking prima donna that thinks he is this high-level cinematic auteur, and he's just a prick. Like, yeah. Mm, getting into the mind of a character does not require that you live day-to-day as that character. You know what makes someone a good actor? And that is potentially what killed Heath Ledger. It's just a bad idea to do it with the Joker. You, you know what makes someone a good actor? What's Being able to act! <laughs> Being able to pretend for a scene that you're someone that you're not. And not yeah. having to convince yourself that this is the person you are in your day-to-day life in order to achieve a believable performance. Yep. You know, I'm going to go on record and saying, if you have to live this person's life to be anything like them, you're a bad actor. Um, gosh, Leto, when I first saw the trailer for Suicide Squad, firstly, great trailer. Um, the, <laughs> really, the, 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 the Bohemian joke is on me song. That one, and they, they also did a, they did a Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. That was Didn't an like awesome that. trailer. Um, oh, different opinions. Uh, but I was like, cool trailer. And then they showed the Joker. I was like, you know what? It's a bit weird. Um, it's not the way I typically picture the Joker, but multiverse open-minded brain i'm in uh let's give him a shot he's not a good joker <laughs> yeah, not a yeah. Good joker at all. i i'm glad you draw the line there because sometimes with your whole multiverse thing i'm i'm like are you like low-key using that to excuse bad things but no you <laughs> you recognize that that one's just bad no matter how much you try and say it's multiverse I, it's still yeah, i bad. can use i can use the multiverse to excuse superman's not quite like the superman in the comics batman's not quite like the batman in the- is a fucking menace and i'm sick of it (laughs) (laughs) and that 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 laugh i hate the Uh, laugh uh, 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 uh. i've never i actually did an impression of that laugh while you were away um (laughs) earlier during during our little uh ad break um (laughs) but oh god i hate it i hate that laugh so much and yeah. they he did it again in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I otherwise really liked Zack Snyder's Justice League. And they brought that dude in at the end to do his piece of shit laugh one more time. And, and I saw people being like, well, people that were upset about his look in Suicide Squad, don't you think he looks better? No. He Why? Because he has longer hair? He looks hair. marginally better because I can't see the the manorexic tattoo shit um but <laughs> why did they think it would be a good idea to make him look like fucking tech nine or um no not tech nine sorry who takashi six nine that's who i'm thinking of um like face tattoos fucking like all it's of insane. it like okay Joker should not ever emulate a contemporary cool dude. I'm going to go on record and say that sure. if you think tattoos make someone look cool, then they're not for Joker. Because Joker's thing is that he makes his own cool. Like, people, if you see someone wear the purple jacket, it's not because they think purple jackets are cool. It's because they think Joker is cool. Right. <laughs> and... And 
yeah, he's just a dude that wears a ridiculous garish suit, has yep. stupid hair, uh, has kind of an ugly face, but but he is so charismatic that it makes other people want to be like, you know, I should dress as Joker for Halloween. Like, yeah, and it makes um, it believable when someone like Harley Quinn falls in love with him because he's so damn charming if he wants to be, even though he's exactly. this scarred freak. Um, yeah. Also, there exists at least one person who got the word damaged tattooed on their forehead because they saw that in this movie, and I feel very bad for them. I don't. <laughs> he, he, you should have known that was a bad move. Um, oh, so I, the, the Honest Trailers put it best when they talked about and Jared Leto's Joker, and they say, I think they say, this manorexic gigolo who seems like a blend between a mob boss, a clown, and a cat, I think? Because he keeps doing uh, this weird purring thing. Juggalo. Juggalo? Juggalo is very different. <laughs> I can't remember which one he said. What, uh, do, what do they mean? <laughs> uh, a gigolo is a man whore. No, I think that's exactly what he meant. <laughs> In the video. No, no, but, but, but a juggalo is, you know the insane clown posse? Oh, I didn't know one. Uh, Insane Clown Posse is a band from the mid two thousands that uh, they they say a lot of horrific like death shit uh, or just some dumb shit. Like they they make a lot of jokes and stuff in their uh, songs, and um, they they wear clown makeup. Um, and they were a lot of the inspiration for a lot of the like mid to late two thousands like scary clown craze. Oh, okay. And so there, there's people that call themselves Juggalos because the Juggalo family is what um, the Insane Clown Posse refers to their fans as. Um, and so Juggalos are a bunch of suburban white guys and teens that uh, are really upset that they're not legally defined as a gang. That's pretty funny. Because... <laughs> Because when, when they were like, we're a gang, like, uh, you know, the courts decided to, like, um, really evaluate them. And they were like, no, no you, guys, you guys don't really do any gang activity. You just drink Fago. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think the line works whichever way you say it. Um, well, no, because if he's a gigolo, then that would imply that he has sex. And I refuse to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, good God. Leto. Oh my god. Crash! Zero out of ten, Joker. Next. Zero out of ten. Yeah. Uh, who is next? Uh, is it Phoenix? It is Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Great Joker. Yeah. Not, nine out of ten. Now, <laughs> see, I, nine out of ten for performance. I, I do have... My one problem with the movie is just that it's not really Joker, Joker. It's it's dude with a mental illness winds up and winds up in clown makeup and does a thing that the Joker would probably do, um, but it's like you know he's Arthur Fleck he's he's got like a coherent backstory and everything, and I'm like it's a very good movie and it's a very good performance, but it's also pretty clearly just a movie that they stapled the DC brand onto to get more people to see it. Uh, that did not have to have anything to do with DC. 
I mean, um, you could say that for any superhero movie. That's you fair say, enough. Uh, you could <laughs> say that um, Iron Man could have been the Rocketeer, like a guy builds contraptions to solve a war that he helped create, and they just made it Iron Man. It's like, well, yeah, that's how movies work. Yeah, but that's fair enough. I, I would um, also say if if you take some issue with the fact that the movie is about a guy who becomes Joker adjacent by the end. Do you, would you prefer a Joker origin where he slowly unravels and ramps up to becoming the Joker that we know, or one where he falls in acid and magic acid make his brain go mushy and then he Joker? Yeah, that's pretty, that's true. Um, I think that, I think what, what, what broke my, uh, uh, unbridled enthusiasm for it was just that I like when Joker's a mystery. Um, That's I'm true. Like, well, I know everything about him now. I know everything about this one, so he's just a guy. Joker's well, since- scarier when I don't know who he is or I don't know what he is or how he got this way. Um, for me, that Band-Aid had already been ripped off for decades. Uh, in fact... That's true with Jack Nicholson. Uh, 30 years exactly. Uh, 20, 1989 to 2019. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, because... They, they had already been like, okay, Hollywood clearly doesn't really like letting Joker be a mystery. Even in The Dark Knight, where they never explicitly say it, they drop all those hints of what his origin is. And they That's straight up point. make him Jack, Jack Napier in uh, 89. And like all of these different portrayals, like whenever he's in Hollywood, they like that. They, Hollywood does not trust its audience anymore. No. They do not think people are smart enough to appreciate a character where they don't have it spelled out for them what their origin is. And as a result, we don't get Jokers in live action that don't have some sort of defined history. And so that wasn't a problem for me because, like, first of all, I've already been hurt in that way. I can't be hurt again. And Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I already knew going in exactly what it was, that it was his origin story. And I was like, well, I never asked for an origin story, but if it's coming my way anyway, I'm going to see if it's a good origin story. And in my opinion, I think it is. I think it is. Uh, and the performance is awesome. The way uh, that he laughs like he's in pain. It, yeah. it, I, I should also say, so, okay, me and uh, me and Andy, uh, my ex, we saw that movie in theaters. It was actually the last movie we saw in theaters before COVID hit. Um, and we both have mental health problems, and me especially. I okay. I'm going to say some things. Nobody try to institutionalize me. Just know that this is coping stuff and that I am a good person in my day-to-day life, I promise. (laughs) But I used to internalize a lot of violent thoughts about the people around me. Mm -hmm. Like, in order to deal with the way I had always felt I was mistreated, I would have vivid imaginations of hurting people around me. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that so that I wouldn't actually hurt people around me because I still feel very strongly about personal responsibility. Like we said before, I am responsible for my own actions, no matter what kind of circumstances I'm under. And I try to vent 
any frustrations I have through healthy mediums so that I don't become like a fucking Ezra Miller and start just hitting people. Um, And, and I I recognize not everyone gets the opportunity to vent like the way I had, but part of it was just that I would imagine uh, hurting people a lot. And, and to this day, sometimes I just have um, dreams or nightmares, whatever you want to call them of me just being extremely violent and beating on someone that I know in my personal life. Um, and so viewing someone who was going through similar problems that I had personally been through and he actually was living out a lot of these fantasies that I had Mm. had growing up, it felt extremely cathartic. Interesting. And I was like, I am well aware that the purpose of this movie is to say that this is tragic and that he should not have had to come to this point and i agree but part of me can't help but feel it's triumphant as well interesting in some way i was rooting for him when he was getting revenge on like that that fuck who forced the gun on him and then got him fired by saying that he asked to buy the gun yeah Um, when he got stabbed in the neck i was like fuck yeah yeah, and that's the that's the really interesting thing about this movie to me is that I am fully aware watching it that this dude is doing objectively terrible things, but they kind of earned it. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, that, you're kind of like, on his side a little bit. The, the line of uh, "you get what you fucking deserve" hits so hard because this is a Joker where at this point in his early development, at least he has not gone after anyone who didn't have it coming. Yeah. And yeah. in that way, it, what's amazing is that the, the, the new Batman movie sort of touches on it. He mirrors Batman's early quest for vengeance because it shows how Batman being a force of nothing but vengeance is actually a bad thing. And he needs to start transitioning into becoming a proper hero. They, they do that at the end of the Batman but this is a, a dark mirror of that. Being a force of vengeance, technically every one of those people had it coming, but it's definitely evil. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I um, see, I never had anything, you know, to the extent of what you're describing, but I was bullied, like, literally my entire childhood up until and partly in college. Uh, you know, ridiculed, publicly shamed, all kinds of things. Uh, just because I'm, I'm an odd dude. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so in particular, the being made fun of by uh, Robert De Niro's character on the game show, on the talk show, I was like, yeah, that that resonated with me on, on a very high level. That it's like, fuck that guy and fuck anyone who makes fun of people like this. You know, it's funny because that that was actually one of the aspects that um, didn't hit me as hard because um, (laughs) uh, little blue history for you. Um, Anytime (laughs) growing up, someone tried to publicly humiliate me. I beat them (laughs) publicly, (laughs) like really badly. And so the word got out real fast. Don't try to like at least in an open area don't try to mock this guy yeah um 
because I I was like, look, I'm not claiming to to be a paragon, right? Like I'm human and we've all got our shit. And for me, I was very violent as a kid because I couldn't I couldn't communicate very well. And and the combination of me not being able to express how I feel with with people treating me like I was a freak for this issue that I never asked for. I never wanted to be unable to speak like other people were. Um, and I was always so hurt and angry and I, I couldn't vent my frustration in any way other than just like, as a kid, all I really knew was if I hit them hard enough, they'll stop being mean to me. Yep. And that's what I did. And so I got in a lot of fights when I was younger. Um, and like, the so there's some part of me where when i see uh arthur having spent his whole life not being violent and finally it comes out and i i was like i was rooting for him i really was and i started getting worried because i was like oh maybe maybe this is wrong that i'm having this reaction even as an adult and so i looked I over and i said really andy think so and I, I, I said Andy was with me. I looked over and Andy's like, this is fucking great. Yeah. I was like, okay, good. It's not just me. When I, I remember discussing with someone what the what the, the moral of the movie was. And, and I remember that a lot of people came to the conclusion, there's not much of a moral. It's just don't snap and be evil like this guy. No, but there's I, I fundamentally moral. disagree. Yeah. The, the moral is don't turn people into this guy. Yeah, it's not a moral for the Joker. It's a moral for the surrounding environment. Like don't you said, shut don't... down help for mental health. Don't belittle people who might be struggling. It's because it's the thing all is, he part never, of it. He never chose to be Joker the same way I never chose to have autism. People who have these mental problems don't want them, but we we can't. Get... I, I feel like a lot of things that people forget when they live good neurotypical lives, you know, decent income and like decent family life is that when they bully someone who is clearly troubled and they go home, they can forget about it, right? They can go back to their family who loves them and they can go back to their decent income where they don't have to worry about putting food on the table and they can go back to not having to worry about like, what kind of medicine do I have to take so that my brain doesn't break? But the other person that was just mocked does not have that luxury. Mm-hmm. There is no break. There, you, if you watch a really upsetting documentary about fucking puppies being murdered or whatever, you could be like, oh, I can take a break and go back and spend time with my dog. But if someone's living on the puppy killing farm or whatever, they don't get a break from that, then do they? Like when it's a fundamental aspect of someone's life, there is no reprieve. And as a result, people should be more understanding when they see someone troubled to not add on to what they're already going through. And yet for Joker's situation, he was constantly bombarded with it. His funding for his medication got cut. His therapist didn't really give a shit about him. She was just there for a paycheck. It seemed like she was not a good therapist. The, The people at work were, um, were uncaring and mocking of him and the the boss never gave a shit about his explanations for why things were happening the way they were happening people on the subway were just looking for someone to fuck with and 
it all boiled over. And it's not that he chose to be Joker. Joker was created. Yeah. And yeah. the moral of the movie is that we should all have more empathy for the less fortunate because like, not only because it's the right thing to do, it, it not only makes you a good person if you have some basic human empathy and also helps fulfill your life. But on the, on the flip side, when you don't, you never know if you're going to be the last straw. Yeah. You never know if you are the last piece of the puzzle to create a monster. Um, you know, people like the, the fucking, um, like the shooters who like leave notes and manifestos about all of the people that have hurt them. And, and you see eventually there's a tipping point where it becomes too much and they feel that like extreme violence is the only way out. It's like if, if, if one or two people, instead of choosing to make things worse for this person, chose to try and be kind to them, there would be so much less bloodshed. And this, this doesn't just go with mental health. Like I said, like people in financial issues, like we, we get mad at people who steal food. Yeah. Why do you think they steal food? Do you think yeah, it's because consider getting mad at the circumstances that made them feel like they need to steal food? Yeah, you know why they need to steal food? They're hungry and they will literally die without it. Like, I'm very grateful that one of the first movies I remember watching growing up was Aladdin because it made me realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't be punishing people who literally only have the choice of steal or die. Like, and uh, it's just so fucking frustrating to me that we have just become so desensitized to the pain of others that we will look at someone stealing food and go, hey, that person's taking what they didn't pay for. They probably don't have money for food, motherfucker. (laughs) They probably had to choose between medicine, like insulin and sustenance, or if they even have that, like they're there are people that have it so much worse than us. And we, we just, there's so many people that don't even recognize, like one of the hardest interactions I ever had with my mom before she passed away was explaining that um, one of my previous partners uh, lived in an abusive household and um, mom could not believe that we were telling the truth Hmm. could not believe that someone's family would be so cruel and hateful and abusive to do the things that I was describing. (laughs) And I literally at one point when that partner called me on the phone secretly and had me hear them being beaten i put it on speaker and shoved it in my mom's face and my mom couldn't look directly at me and i was like with tears in my eyes like you tell me that this is a fucking lie and i i love my mom but that was one of the hardest moments because um my mom despite being a good person struggled to understand that there are truly cruel and evil people out there and that, that was a situation where I realized that I think people need to become more aware that this shit isn't just stories. 
Yeah. There are people that are suffering and struggling and we should all, it doesn't take a lot of effort to just be a little bit more caring for someone. If you see someone seems like they're troubled, maybe just ask, Hey, are you okay? You need any help? It doesn't need to be anything big. You don't need to give them your house and home and the clothes off your back. You can just listen to them talk for a little while or, you know, maybe Google like a suicide prevention hotline and share it with them. You know, direct them to people who are able to help, who they can actually have access to if they have limited funds, things like that. It's so simple and so many people don't bother. Um, so th- this is my request to everyone who's listening through all this. Just, we, we all we all try to have like little New Year's revelations and, and like, uh, like self-improvement things. Make your latest self-improvement trend trying to be there for someone at least once a day. Like if you haven't, been kind to someone like if you've been neutral at best and just been sort of like going through it throughout your day whether you're talking to someone through a text or like you see someone in the street take a moment to be kind you know a couple minutes out of your day or whatever it it's amazing how often that alone makes the difference exactly and if we all do it <laughs> the the quality of life for everyone will go up so much um because it's also a domino effect you know the that person's day being made might prevent them from becoming a joker might prevent five families from mourning you know yeah and i mean also just just, even if you've not prevented some tragedy by by being kind to someone uplifting someone for a moment gives them enough energy to put that towards someone else exactly that sometimes sometimes i've had a shit day it's like i just i can't like i'm i can't i can't put out positivity to to people but all it takes is someone to say something good and kind and you get a little bit of your energy back yeah that that's what i took away from that movie and i feel like if people didn't take that lesson away they they weren't paying attention or they didn't have an open mind it is certainly the most meaningful uh portrayal of the joker i think yes i agree (sighs) all right we got one more i think we Um, got one more it's a shame we can't end the episode there but we got one more (laughs) yeah um (laughs) Uh, I definitely think that's our moral of the episode. Though. That is absolutely the moral. Um, but we have one more, and it is Barry Kogan? Keegan? Don't know. Barry K. <laughs> the good old Barry K. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we don't have a lot to work on uh, with this. We have uh, about I... five minutes. We have about yeah. five minutes to work with for him. Yeah. Um, so I take it from that statement that you've also seen the deleted scene. Yes. And it's pretty cool. Uh, I I, do really like this portrayal so far. I would like to take a second to brag that I solved all three riddles legitimately. Me too. I, I had to skip the first one after like 10 failed attempts, but 
Yeah, um, I had to reload the page so it would give me a different riddle. And then I was like, oh, they're joke themed. Okay. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, um, well, no, okay. So first of all, I didn't reload the page. If you just fail enough times, it literally goes, do you want a different riddle? It's like, yeah, please. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I tried like four things and I was like, fuck it. And I hit reload and it gave me a different riddle. Well, and I was like, my, oh, the problem, okay. my problem was that like, I put Joker instead of joke or whatever. <laughs> and and so like I, I was I was right there, but I it said I was wrong, so I was like, okay, so I was trying different shit. And that was my that was my issue. But anyway, um man, he looks fucked up. Like oh, yeah. I oh. I don't know. Well, like we haven't seen him in a single shot full like his face fully framed. We've only seen parts at a time. Also we don't see him with like the the white paint and everything. So, can I say definitively that he looks bad as a Joker? No, but I'm not sold on his look either. Um, mm, yeah, title. it's certainly not a colorful look. Uh, he's got the green hair. Um, even then, it's like there's bald patches and shit. It's a freaky look, man. It's. He's gross. <laughs> they did very good. Um, I, Incredible prosthetic work because, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. That and um, I, I I was blown away to realize that this was the same guy as Druig. Druig, yep. sucks. <laughs> I liked Druig. But Druig sucks. <laughs> one of the most memorable probably the most memorable line from that movie for me honestly. oh yeah that's funny um but uh uh yeah uh when i found out that that was him i was like god damn they really put in the work to make him different um and i thought that his acting was good because it's not joker in the middle of one of his joker schemes it's not joker out and about it's joker when he's low-key He's like, this ain't really my show right now. Like, I, I'll, you know, I, I'll help out a little bit, but I'm, I'm just kind of low key right now. I'm just chilling. He's not having it's a not, lot of fun. It's Joker when he's chilling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Arkham, um, and I'm sure he'll have a much higher energy when he's like breaking out or whatever. Um, yep. but for for the scene that it is, um, I like the portrayal. It was good. Um, again, I need more. I yeah. need more to see if he's any good. And I'll be honest, they could have just not. <laughs> they could have just not did Joker, and I'd be fine. I'm um, very happy with what they actually did in the movie. I thought that was a pretty cool way of. Yep, this universe is bigger than you thought it was, and yeah, something shitty is going to happen next. They did the exact same thing with Batman Begins, though, where it ended yeah, with the Joker card. Still cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I loved it then. So I'm totally fine with them doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I just we still have never had a movie Mr. Freeze. Do you realize that? Well, we have. It's just a hilarious joke. Of no, movie. we haven't. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I still meet you, Batman. What killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age! <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. 
Cool party. Cool party. I love it. Uh, anyway, um, okay, yeah, we have. I, I forgot about him, and then you said that. <laughs> you uh, forgot it existed. <laughs> yes. Um, I was also going to say we haven't had a live-action Poison Ivy, but I guess we have had that, too. Yep, Whoa. in the same movie. Although, honestly, she was great. That's a good Poison Ivy. <laughs> Sure. It's a it's a goofy ass movie, but she's a good she's poison better, ivy. She's better than Bane. Yes, and Freeze. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, okay. I th- wasn't Matt Reeves saying that he wants Freeze for a sequel? I would love that. That would be rad. But here's what I'm saying: is that I want more movies where we... Batman has a big fucking rogues gallery. Yeah, give me and a Clock ult- King movie. Ultimately, who have we actually ever had in movies? Let's see, Joker, Catwoman, Joker. Catwoman, Riddler Penguin. twice. Riddler. Um, uh, yeah, we've had Penguin. Three, we've I... had Two Face a couple times. We've Bane. had Bane a couple times. We've had Scarecrow, uh, and we've had um, Freeze and Ivy. But yeah, I mean, give us it's like Man Bat, Killer Croc, Clayface. Clayface. Uh, <laughs> a mystery movie directed by Matt Reeves. Where the the killer is Clayface, dude! Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, who would you cast as Mister Freeze? Because I've got a, I've got an instant, instant reply. Ten out of ten times, I'm always picking the same dude. Who? Mads Nicholson. Sure. <laughs> I love. I'm like he'd be perfect as yeah, Freeze. All right. I, I, I couldn't immediately think of anyone better, so all right. <laughs> um you know you know, I actually okay, we we do have another Joker to talk about. Oh, um, I hope it's the one you're I hope it's the one I think you're gonna mention because I was about uh, to bring up that we do have one more. Yeah, uh we gotta talk about Gotham. Oh shit, that isn't the one I was thinking of. We've got one more after this. Who, who, okay, you go first. Then who are you? Because the I, Lego I, I, Batman movie Joker, played by oh. Zach Galifianakis. Oh okay. This Joker well, is incredible. I, Which I was, one do you want to do first? Well, I was just going to say the reason I was going to bring up um, Gotham is because I actually really like Mister Freeze's portrayal in that show. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Um. Okay. Do your thing with Zach Galifianakis. Okay, Zach Galifianakis' Joker is awesome. Because Have you seen the Lego Batman movie? No. 10 out of 10 recommend. It's on HBO Max. Hashtag this I podcast al- brought to you by HBO Max. <laughs> I um, also haven't watched the Lego movie. You don't need it. Just watch the Lego Batman movie. Um, yeah. the, it's, it, Batman is hilarious in the Lego movie, but there's no, like, you don't need to know what happened in it to appreciate the Lego Batman movie. Also, the less things I can watch that have Chris Pratt in them, the better. Yeah, just watch the Lego Batman movie. It's okay. great. Um, and, and in that, they have where the Joker, they very much play up what we were talking about earlier, where the Joker kind of sees their back and forth as sort of a almost loving relationship. And it's like made fully explicit in this movie where he's like desperately wants to be Batman. Like there's a, there's a part where he says... You know, what are you going to do, Batman? Let the, you know, are you going to defuse the bomb or catch your greatest enemy as he's escaping? And Batman goes, you're not my greatest enemy. And he he goes, how could you say that? How could you (laughs) say that about us? And he goes, who do you think your greatest enemy is? He goes, Superman. 
goes, Superman's not a bad guy. He goes, then I would say I don't currently have a bad guy. I'm fighting lots of guys. I like to fight around. <laughs> and it's just, Jesus. It's just like a bunch of really funny shit about Joker really wanting that commitment from Batman that they be each other's arch enemy. And you know, just, that's it's hilarious. That's giving um, uh, Dragon Ball Z a bridge. <laughs> uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. I um, think I've seen this before. When, when Goku's fighting uh, Perfect Cell, uh, it's like extreme sexual, like, innuendo, oh uh, because both of them seem to get off from fighting. Um, and, uh, like, uh, when Goku inevitably gives up, uh, cause that's the story of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cell is like, uh, no, now you get back up here and punch <laughs> me in my perfect jawline. And then Goku goes, Cell. We both knew what this was. Just a fight. Nothing more. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And then Cell, and Cell goes, you bitch. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. And also, there's a really great uh, callback. The, the movie is just riddled with in-jokes and and, uh, and one-liners and references. The, the movie opens with, this is MacGuffin Airlines Flight 1138. Uh, you know, we are, you know, on approach, we're carrying 30 million pounds of TNT, uh, fused, you know, a couple hundred sticks of dynamite, and two best friends, uh, the co-pilots <laughs> high five, and the Joker walks onto the, the plane, like he's landed a plane on top of the plane, and he's like gotten into the plane, and he's saying, you know, he, he like sticks up the, the pilot, and he's like, kind of calmly puts his hands up, and he's like, what, you're not scared? He goes, why should I be scared? He goes, I'm the Joker. He goes, Batman will stop you. He goes, no, he's not. He then he goes, he always stops you. And he goes, name one time. And he goes, what about the thing with the two boats? And he goes, this is better than the two boats. And he goes, how about the parade with the Prince music? And it's just, they're just constantly referencing stuff. It's really funny. Also, the part where, where uh, Joker says, I've got all of the inmates of Arkham at my disposal this time. And, and he starts out with, I've got Mad Hatter, Clayface, Two-Face, uh, Catwoman. And then he says, I've got Clock King, uh, Calendar Man, Orca, King Shark. And he's like listing off Condiment King, Kite Man. And it keeps getting more and more crazy. And then at some point, the guy goes, you're making half of those up. And he goes, nope, they're all real. <laughs> it's, it's just... It's an outrageously fun movie. It's an outrageously fun Joker. Crazy and he definitely Quilt. deserves getting mentioned here. He does mention Crazy Quilt. I was going to say, can we stop that thing that they've been doing lately where like one big vehicle has another vehicle land on it? Because yes. especially, with, especially with airplanes... I don't think you guys know how planes work. Yeah, it's not that would works. crash. Yeah, immediately. Yep. Um, um, anyway, okay. If you've if you've got spare time in the near future, it's such a fun little movie. It's like my ten out of ten super recommendation for any Batman fan. Uh, it's phenomenal. Zach Galifianakis deserves a place on the list. All right, goddamn! I'll check it out later. Shit. <laughs> I'm just typed because I rewatched it last week. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Cameron Monaghan is such a strong up-and-coming young actor yep. that I saw uh, a movie 
in the DVD and Blu-ray section of Walmart mm-hmm. with him as like the front and center main character. And as a knee jerk reaction, I was getting ready to buy it until I saw that it was a horror movie. And I was <laughs> like, mm, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> and, um, and many people might actually know him from Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. Uh, he plays and I Cal- want him back. Yes. I want more Cal. I, I honestly want a sequel to that game. I want a sequel. Well, they are doing a sequel to the game. That's confirmed. Oh, um, fucking bad. But I also want Cal to show up somewhere, like Kenobi or something. Give me more Cal. Give me live action yeah. Cal. He's such you, a good actor. Know, the benefit of doing the facial reconstruction of Cameron Monaghan for Cal means that you could just have Cameron Monaghan play him in live action. Yep. So do that. Do it. Uh, if I if I may make a small suggestion, though. They should also put fucking Kyle Katarn in something. I'm so sick of him <laughs> not being a fucking character anymore. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so, I just realized the 90s was a really good time for fictional characters named Kyle. Hmm. Kyle Rayner. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, uh, Cameron Monaghan's Joker. Uh, or, I'm sorry. So, he's... He's not Joker until the very last episode. And even then, I think because there was some sort of licensing issue, they had to call him like Jay or something. They could never say the word Joker, but they got very close. Yeah. Um, Because there's a part part where he says that he's Jeremiah by this point. And they come to find him and and Gordon says Jeremiah. And he goes, there's no Jeremiah here. I feel like something else. I don't know. Jack, uh, Jay, it'll come to me. (laughs) It's like, that was pretty good. Okay, there's, allow me to take you on the emotional roller coaster that I had Mm. with, uh, with Cameron Monaghan's Joker. Yeah. Um, okay. Watch the first, what, 14 episodes of Gotham. Yep. Uh, was enjoying it. I thought it was very, uh, interesting premise that it's more of a low key Gotham that's slowly ramping up to the, uh, insane bullshit. Yep. Um, and uh, we get to episode fifteen, which I think is the blind fortune teller or whatever. Um, and uh, Cameron Monaghan comes out as this scared kid who uh, his mom was found murdered, and um, his name is Jerome Valeska. And uh, we get to the end scene of that episode where uh, Gordon starts accusing him of killing his own mother and he's crying and he looks down and then his crying transitions into laughter and there's a musical sting and he looks Fucking up chilling. And, and get this I didn't immediately realize that he was Joker I, mm-hmm. I was thinking he was just another nut job of the week uh, for Gotham and he starts being like my mother was a cold-hearted whore who never loved anyone and like doing all that shit and um again i'm i'm like in awe i'm watching this i'm like this is wild this is amazing but i still wasn't really getting that it was joker right away until it finally gets like oh you know uh, how mothers are they're always nagging don't uh don't nag at me to clean my room when you've been banging a clown in the next room and then there's a bit of silence and he's like 
you know? And then he starts doing this wheezy, maniacal laugh. And it's Jesus. when I heard the laugh, I went, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it finally he is me. perfect. Yeah. Uh, and he was doing a mixture of Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill. He threw um, some Mark Hamill in there for sure. Yeah. Um, and what's what's funny is that my mom actually knew it was him faster than I did. Um, That's funny. Because I was so entranced in the episode and I didn't get it until the laugh. And so I brought mom in and like started the scene over of the interrogation. I was like, all right, I, I want to see if you can figure out um, uh, what's going on here, like who this is and everything. And um, a- as soon as he did the my mother, she's like, oh, he's Joker. I'm like, what? <laughs> I think you gave and her I, you gave her an advantage by by acknowledging that this is someone significant. Well, well, what's weird is mom always picked up weird details. She was like, "It's the chin." I'm like, "Excuse me." She's like, "He's oh, got wild. an extremely like jutting out angular chin." That's cool. Uh, and she's like, "That's what Joker looks like, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I guess it is." <laughs> he was doing mostly Ledger with his own laugh, and then when I really keyed into, oh, he's channeling Hamill was when there's like a bunch of crazy people have been assembled to do yeah. a, a thing and they're like testing out everyone see let's see who's the most screen worthy uh say good evening ladies and gentlemen and they're all saying you know good evening ladies and gentlemen he gets up on a chair and goes ladies and gentlemen good yeah. evening yeah <laughs> i was like oh shit so he's mark so Hamill. to continue to continue the roller coaster um i immediately was like in love with his portrayal of a young joker um and then he was out of the rest of the season and then for season two like you said uh he was part of the maniacs they were broken out of prison he was like vying to be the leader of the maniacs um i was like all right you know i mean like i guess i can get behind this where he's starting off being part of like a crazy family but then in like episode four of season two he just died he got killed um and I was so upset that I felt that they had squandered this amazing actor portraying Joker so well. Um, and and then they did the, the, okay, they did the stupid thing where they tried to be like, Joker isn't a person, it's a disease. And uh, uh, it, it tied back to that idea. Again, after Heath Ledger killed himself, people like started doing this superstition that Joker was like a cursed role and that he could infect people and like people who played the Joker would be crazy. And uh, obviously it's just not true because Jared Leto is just a fucking menace normally. And Joaquin Phoenix is fine. Like <laughs> he he's doing fucking whatever he's doing these days. Um, and like, but, but, but Gotham was doing the same shit of like, oh, he was so crazy. He made other people crazy. And then like random like school children were like laughing maniacally and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, this is some pussy ass shit. I hate this. And I stopped watching Gotham. Yep. And so years passed before I was like, I'm going to try watching Gotham again. And I powered through that bit. Um, and then they were like, okay, uh, Jerome is being uh, okay. First, they were like, okay, somebody else like cut off Jerome's face and wore it. That was a cool uh, nod to comics. Yeah, and then like Jerome got resurrected from the dead, and he found his face and stapled it back onto himself. I'm like, okay, I get it. We're doing New Fifty Two. Got it. 
I was like, but at least Jerome's back. But he also wasn't the same because he was fucking, you know, mentally damaged from Lazarus and yep. being dead for like a year. Um, and, uh, but he started having a little bit of a budding rivalry with uh, Bruce. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, Bruce got pissed off enough that he started punching his face off. Um, oh, yeah, that was epic. Yeah, it was disturbing and uh, awesome. Um, I really don't like gore, <laughs> and it was hard for me to watch, but I, I got it. And uh, then you were like, okay, Jerome's dead again. Oh, but he had a twin brother named Jeremiah. I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> and, but Although I hated the Jeremiah thing at first, I actually wound up kind of loving Jeremiah. One, because he had an actual connection with Bruce. Yes, um, yeah. Tom as a brother. Yeah. And two, I really... Again, if you give me a choice between wildly insane, cutting off his own face, stabbing babies, all this shit, Joker, or Joker who is extremely unnerving cold calculating clearly unhinged but he can wear the mask of someone who's got it together i will always like the latter and that's what jeremiah was yeah yeah um and his joker like if we go right up to like the next like episode 99 of the 100 episode series hmm. i'm like he looks perfect he acts perfect as a joker i adore this and then we got to episode 100 where he just looks like a fucking freak yep yep they went and full acid it. scars and everything like they they put prosthetics work to give him like a fatter chinnier face um and he's got like pock marks and scars and everything everywhere he's got the ed ed daddy three hairs that yes. are really long um and I hate it. I actually hate his episode 100 design. Um, and I'm like, how do you fumble the bag in the last episode? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was fine with it. I wasn't. Don't do that again. <laughs> Stop making him needlessly gross. That's why I'm, I'm like... You're not I on board with the new one? I need to see him in makeup to make a fair judgment. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm immediately like, I don't like it when they need to rely on the crutch of making Joker disfigured, right? When it's like when he's got acid scarring or he's got his fucking face cut off or whatever. It's like Joker is just kind of like a normal, uh, maybe like weirdly chinny guy, right? And it wasn't the way he looked that made him disturbing. It's what he did when when you rely on him being like a freaky looking guy, that's scary to look at. Well, then you're saying you don't have faith that you can pull off Joker's actions and attitude. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, like in Arkham city, he looked fucked up because he was literally dying. It wasn't done to make him look more intimidating. It was done to make him look like he was a dying man. Yep. He was less intimidating because he was fucking frail. And yeah, that covered makes sense. In, 
and covered in skin sores and shit. I so, do like, prefer the crisp white <laughs> look uh, to the the horrible disfigured look. Uh, but yeah. I'm fine with both. All right, I, I actually have to bail out. Like okay, yeah, right let's... now. So I'm just gonna say you can like record a little a little closing thoughts uh, if you want. But I'm just gonna say you know be nice to people and and support mental health services and also. Uh, follow me at Fandom Optimists on yeah, Twitter. I'm, I'm actually going to wrap up the episode. So cool. Yeah, All right, let's just do that. Fo- follow Jordan at Fandom Optimists on Twitter. Um, if you want his personal stuff, it's at Jordan Blueman on Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at Cape Corner if you want my personal stuff. It's at Beyond Blue Thirteen on Twitter. Don't follow unless like you're okay occasionally seeing like some titties or something because I, <laughs> I like I like women. Sorry fuck uh all right you can uh join the cape corner discord uh we occasionally have polls um probably won't have a poll for the next couple things uh but uh this was the season two finale and hooray we we did it we've done 50 episodes of this shit um (laughs) uh expect plenty more because i haven't worn out my energy for this yet nope uh 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 the episode with a friend uh God, you could share Joker with fucking anyone. Everyone knows who Joker is. Yep, this one's okay. real easy to share. All right. Uh, I think that's about it. Like we said, um, be be kind to others because you never know who needs it. Um, everyone. Uh, and being kind to others ties into what I say here every week. I truly mean it. I want you to know this isn't just a catchphrase. Stay strong. Stay true to yourselves. And we can all be heroes, even if it's in small ways.